0: Following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an Apostolic Center for Transformation and Freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. The, the, the Lord placed the word in my heart about six weeks ago. I say preparing for this. Can't ask me about sharing. The Lord was already speaking to me. And I'm going to try to touch on it today, what I feel like the Lord said. But I heard, one thing I heard the Lord say was, dude, this song will be a drama. And before I got the revelation of the Word, uh, they put this drama together. And it just, and it's, it, it's about the, the very things. It's about the power. It's about breaking the chains. And it's where the army can rise up. And here's, here's what, this is what the Lord, this is what the Lord told me. Because we're talking about a now season. He said, now is the time of deliverance. Not later, not tomorrow, not yesterday, but now is the time of deliverance. And the reason it's now is because there's an urgency and the Lord is rising up an army, a delivered, anointed army, because of the unprecedented times that we're moving into and where we're at in the body. And so now is the time for deliverance. Now is the time for equipping. Now is the time for preparing. And I'm telling you, the Lord is going to do a a new work and he's going to do it fast. Look, I want you all to hang with me. I, it's, it's hard. I told somebody earlier, I said, I don't mind speaking. Here's what I told the Lord the other day. I said, Lord, I'm comfortable speaking to people in recovery. He said, well, you're in good company then. Well, <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people in recovery at Word We're all recovering from something, right? But I was saying earlier, I said, I was telling one of my friends, I said, you know, I don't mind speaking, but Kent is so, he is a world-class communicator and he's super anointed. And I can remember... When I was early on in church, early on in recovery, early on in my walk, and when I would come to church and somebody else would walk through that door, I wanted to leave. So I'm sorry. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> but I do, like I said, I do feel like I have the word of the Lord. Wow. I really feel like I have the word of the Lord. I don't feel like I have the word of the Lord. I've heard the Lord. I put, I put my notes together. And there's about four or five pages. Kent told me to try to stay about 30, 40 minutes, so I don't know if we're going to get there or not. But but I'm trying to stick these notes together, and none of them match. I feel like Johnny. Remember Johnny? the. Because i got some good revelation and I've heard from the Lord, but I'm trying to figure out how to articulate it and put it together. So I just ask for you guys. Kent used to say, I've given a lot of grace to y'all. I want you to give some grace to me. I've given a lot of grace. Y'all stick with me when we get getting through this word and give me a lot of grace. Uh, first, I wanted to tell y'all about some keys right quick. Uh, now, here I've got to do this. Uh, this is the key to the city of Anniston that the Lord gave me. This is the key to the... It's a key of holiness which the Lord gave me, but they ain't the ones I want to talk about. I want to talk about this. This is a donation box key. <laughs> 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 and this key unlocks those boxes in the connection is for the Esther house and for our grand opening that we're having. We need some clothes. So, anyways, y'all... Bring- <laughs> Get that key revelation over with, huh? <laughs> oh Lord! Look, I was thinking, you know how to—I I know what Kent. Uh, and I hate—it's—it's it's awkward to get up in front of everybody. That hears Kent all the time, and then quote Kent over and over and over, you know. But anyways, uh, I know exactly how Kent feels when he says, "I feel like a mosquito in a nudist colony." <laughs> I know what I'm here to do. I'm just trying to figure out where to get started. Funny even when I say it, you know. What? <laughs> oh, I won't mess with these notes; I'll get lost in them. The Lord, because some of you know me and some of you don't, but I asked in the Lord, you know, Lord, what, how do you, you know, how do you want me to share? And I'll give you the gist of what i what I want to say. And I've already said some. And it's the Lord is doing a quick work. And his time of deliverance is now. And that he's raising people up and he's equipping them. And we won't get to what he's equipping them for. And then I'm going to give you a prophetic word of, of why I got such strong convictions that the Lord is doing a strong work in his people right now. And, and what he's preparing us for. There's lots of things that we've contended for. Some of these people that's just coming into the kingdom, they, they don't know that we've been contending for promises over this house and over this body for years. And some of us has got tired, but we don't need to quit reminding and we don't need to quit believing and we don't need to quit prophesying because the Lord's still going to do what the Lord said He's going to do. The words that the Lord's brought back to me over the last month or two has been seven years ago on both of them. Seven years to the day on both of the words, I heard the Lord the first time and He brought them back seven years later. I got tired, but he didn't lie. You understand what I'm saying? I got weary with the prophetic or with the promises, and I'll just go on and do this and do that. He, he, he never called me to back down. And the Lord, the things that he told me, the revelations he's getting me, I'm like, Lord, you told me this seven years ago. And he said, yes, and it's still my promises. It's still my promises. You know, and that's, Sometimes you've got to get your hope up. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself. What does it say? It says return to your stronghold of hope. If you'll go back to that place where you're hopeful, where you were expecting, where you were contending for God, when you was a little bit younger and you had some ministry ahead of you, before your marriage got bad and you believed something good for you, when you were fixing to step into your destiny and you could just taste it and your hope was up and everything was moving, if you can get back to that place, that's the kind of movement, that's the kind of faith. That's the kind of movement the Lord's going to pour His Spirit out on. we got to get our hopes up. we got to get our expectations up. we got to start contending. we got to start believing. we got to start reminding ourselves because God's promises are still yes and amen. This house is still a house of double portion. He's still going to open the heavens. There's still a move of God going to start in the bay. It's going to come up through the area, of our area. It's going to go all across the nations, and we're going to be a greater works generation. I believe it, and we need to be reminded of it. And the time is now. The Lord told me the time is now. It it, it can't happen with a process. Without a process, we can't get there. But he can accelerate the process. That's what the Lord told me. He said, I'm going to bring the people, the army that's rising up. He said, I'm going to accelerate the process. I'm going to accelerate it. I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to equip them. And I'm going to send them. And I'm going to do it now. That's what the Lord told me. The Lord told me that. I said, he said, we're going to do this now. I, see, when Johnny Taylor come here, he was talking about, I, I like Johnny. Johnny was talking about, he's talking about people being cremated and being raised from the dead of cremation. We can't wrap our mind, minds around it. But here's the thing is there's a promise. There's a greater works. There's a place that we're contending for that we hadn't tapped into. And I said, But Lord, because Johnny said we're going to get there. But we got to get in this narrow place. And I understand that. And I said, well, Lord, we got so far to go. He said, no, when the time is now, you got to go through the process, but I'll accelerate the process. Some people's already been prepared when they thought they were being disqualified. Everything that the enemy was using to take you out and to count you out, you got your kids tucked, you went bankrupt, you got divorced. He uses all things together for the good. He'll use, What's he using in Isaiah 61 to rebuild the city? He rebuilds with a broken. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the broken. And I'm telling you, we're in the right place. We're at the right time right now. Where's, where's my water at? <laughs> I wasn't eating yesterday. My friend said, you and I said, kind of. He said, what do you mean? I said, I don't want you have to use the bathroom anymore. <laughs> I'm not fasting for spiritual reasons. You know what I mean? I'm fasting to lose weight and for my tummy to be still when I get on that stage. <laughs> Is that Okay. And y'all don't judge me when everybody leaves, like, "Oh, he did okay, he did good, he did. bad. I used to do that, you know what I mean? It's a lot of pressure for a guy like me to get up here. You know It'll give you a whole new perspective of somebody like Kent that's laid their life down for the gospel. Take me two months to get up here to come up here and talk for 30 minutes. He gets with the Lord every week and gets up here and gets the word from heaven and gives it to us. And then they telling me, "Well, this week was good. Well, what about last week? It was good too. You know what I mean? But it's always good." <clears throat> the Lord talking about doing this quick work. i to I want to testify to you because somebody and I and, and I, I know I keep telling you what people said to me, but the way I think somebody said, "Are you going to prophesy? You going? Are you going to preach? Or you know what, what was it? That they they asked me, would you going to prophesy? Are you going to prophesy? Or you you going to preach? Or you going to give your testimony?'" I said, I'm gonna try to touch on all three. <laughs> but you know, them, them OX drug addicts, they really just use the good for a good testimony. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something, ain't nothing stronger than a good testimony. Yeah. When you get set free, that's where you anointed. Yeah. Uh huh. And you ain't got no revelation unless you've been in it and, t- and snatched out of it, right? Yeah. So you just going to give you testimony. That's all Paul did, and it worked just fine because power showed up when he did it. You know what I mean? I get outside what I've experienced and the revelation I got and what God set me from. I get outside of that trying to tickle ears and figure something out. I'm probably going to get, you probably don't need to listen to me. But I can tell you for sure what God says to me, and I can tell you for sure what God's done for me. I'm going to tell you one thing. In 2004, the cheers was set different, Kent. It's how faithful God is. And I, was, and I was with the Lord and I heard the Lord when he was saying this because we're contending and I will get more about these promises tapping into these things from heaven, these greater works. I'll get there. But I was thinking about how faithful God is because he said, I'm watching over my word to, make, to perform it. I'm watching, he said. I said, Lord, it's been seven years. He said, I'm watching. Not seven years since the promises, seven years since I heard it from the Lord. I heard it in 2005 and four from Kent, my mama, this one, that one. I heard it from the Lord seven years ago. The Lord said, I'm watching over my word to perform it. And I'm faithful. And I can't tell you about all the common prophecies and this and that, but I can tell you one that he was faithful with. I was sitting about right there in 2004. I was completely, my mind was ravished. I was running, I was involved in Satanism, the old court, same thing I guess. Drugs, living with a girl, told me she was HIV positive, seeing demons every morning when I woke up, even when I wasn't doing drugs completely immersed, facing 30 or 40 years in federal prison, all these pending charges, had had biker gangs that wanted to kill me, cartels that wanted to kill me, witch covens that wanted to kill me. I had all kinds of hidden pending cases. If they found any of them, I might do my whole life in prison. And I sat right out there. I'm going to tell you how I ended up there. I cracked the door. And the Lord's going to ask you to crack the door today because He's going to want you to enlist into an army. Okay. That's all you got to do is crack it. I cracked a door in Hobson City Jail. I cracked a door. My kids, my daddy, everybody was crying. They were sad. And I looked out there and I seen them. I was fixing to get them out. I had all this stuff going on. I ain't even got time to go there. And I said, and I don't even know why I said it. But I said, God. And I said, I'm everything that I've ever wanted to be. I got all the money, all the control, everything I've ever wanted. I got it but I know it's killing me, and I know it's killing the people around me, and I know it's evil. I said, if you want me to have a different life, you're going to have to, I don't know where I heard of that, but I heard this, you're going to have to take the want to away from me. I said, you're going to have to make it okay. You're going to have to make a wife okay, and not all this girls. You're going to have to make a job okay, and not all this money. You're going to have, you understand what I'm saying? If you'll make that okay, I can be satisfied. I can be It's like the water at the well, right? You get a service of Jesus, you get a drink of him, he'll quench the thirst for all the things in the world. And when I said that prayer, I cracked that door, and I'm going to tell you, the Lord come in. And I was being chased by the very one that I was pursuing. Somehow, I'm still ignorant. These people... These drones follow me. These witches follow me. There's everything you can think of follow me. Half of it's real. I don't even know what was real and what was fake. Some of it was real, though. Uh, I don't talk about it because they say, how long was you up? I said, well, never mind. (laughs) I can tell you how deceived I was. When I got to this church right here, I thought my mom was a witch, but she was a good witch. And that she loved me, so she would protect me. And that these people right here were witches, but they were my mom's friends. No, that's how No, I mean, I'm not kidding. Yeah. (laughs) That's really where I was at. That's how deceived I was. You gotta understand I seen in the spirit. I seen the spirit when I woke up, I seen the spirit when I went to bed. I looked at you, I seen the curses on your life. You understand? That's the way I seen. I didn't see nothing good, I only seen what was bad. But I could see it, and there was some it was some facts in it wasn't the truth, but there was some facts in it. Enough to deceive you. And I ended up right there, and I was talking to God. And Kent was up here talking. He and he said, I'm getting to see how faithful God is on his promises. I don't want to lose that. How faithful God is on his promises. I sat right there. I don't know how I ended up there. I guess people interceding for me or whatever. And um, he was talking about the goodness of God, the forgiveness of God, the protection of God, the equipping... And then people being called and having a purpose. And I started to think, God, do you really, would you really have a purpose for me? And this is what I said to God. I said, God, I'll serve you, but you got to tell me that you're going to protect me. I said, if you'll, I believe that you love people. I believe that you save people. That's why I told him. I said, I don't know that you'll do it for me. I said, and if you will, you got to tell me. Because my life's in danger. Literally. My life's in danger, and if you're not going to save me, you're not going to protect me, you're not going to deliver me, and then I need to know because I'm, I'm going to take care of myself. Kent was in, up here with a microphone. A lady walked up me, and I said this under my breath. A lady come up and got the microphone, and she said, I see a man. She, she says, and the Lord has reached down and picked him up and placed him in the cliff of a rock and put his hand over him. He says, I'll deliver you, I'll protect you, and I'll keep you. I'll set your feet in a firm place, and I'll oversee you, and you walk into your calling. You know I mean? And prophesied, and I had just said that, and I said, oh, my God. And she prophes- prophesied my destiny and how I would help other people that was coming out of sin. Sem- you know, all this stuff is so much. You know, when I was, I was spun out, so I can't really remember all of it. And when I say spun out, I ain't talking about high. You get to a place where you're high, you quit getting high, you still spun out. Do you get what I'm saying? I wasn't high. i had been sleeping. I was just spun out. This is the testimony. Prophesied. Prophesied me being a prophetic voice in this church. Prophesied me helping people in recovery and being part of this body. Pro- prophesied it. Told it. And didn't know me from anybody. I walked out that door. Then it was a parking lot. And for two years, the uh, federal government had been watching the cartel I was working with and literally uh, doing aerial surveillance. And in that, I would get all the way caught up because you get paranoid, too. So then it just turns in from some drones. Then they didn't know what drones was. There wasn't a name for them. In 02 and 03, didn't nobody know what they were. I, it was just an unmanned airplane that takes pictures. And you know they took pictures because the feds landed on a helicopter picked me up and showed me the pictures. So it ain't like I was <laughs> tripping. Some people are like, oh, you think I was taking pictures of you. No. <laughs> No, no, no. No. In cold water. DEA FBI lands helicopters on me. I feel like abducted me. (laughs) The way it felt. (laughs) Show me pictures. You know this man, you know this man, you know this man, you know this man, you know this man. No, I don't know none of them. Well, how come here's another picture where you standing with all of them? I said, Well, I bought a little pot from that one. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think I chased a rabbit. But prophesied my destiny and my purpose. And I walked out of that door. And when I walked out of that door, and the Lord told me he was delivering me. My, my time of deliverance was thin. And I'm going to tell you another thing that happened right after that. A guy blew a shofar. And I don't understand show for. I'm going to tell you, when he blew it, a devil come out of me. That's all I... I, I, I've locked them ever since. <laughs> and I walked out that door, and when, the first thing I did when I stepped out that door is I, I looked up, because they've been tormenting me for two years. And I said, God, why is this still here? Because you got to understand, astral projection, witchcraft, some of you know that, about that, some of you don't, that, that operates in, the, in, the, in that heaven too. You get what I'm saying? so, you know, I could discern both. And some of it was just deception. Some of it was, I hadn't experienced the federal stuff. And then demonic also operate in the, uh, well, I guess it would be the first heaven or second, whatever you call it, second heaven. I don't know which heaven it is. It ain't heaven where my where the thrones at, I don't know that. Um, But I looked up and I said, oh my God, I thought you were delivering me. I thought you were saving me. I thought you were going to protect me. Everything's still here. A guy walked right up to me, Kent, and bumped me on my shoulders. He said, you see this, you see that? And he explained to me from a biblical perspective, from God's perspective, what everything was. And it totally broke the fear all the way off of me. So when I'm talking about God's faithfulness to, over, to watch over His Word, from that time right there, I didn't know what things were going to look like. I want to tell you this, God's delivering, you some, uh, God's delivering us, not just from drugs. There's a lot of people that's been contending for a long time that's still going to have to get delivered from a critical and judgmental spirit to be able to... There is. And I'm not, being, I'm not being hard on people, but they some outward stuff. You know what I mean? They some, they some sexual sin. They some stuff that we're getting delivered, we're getting set free from. And there's some addicts just getting delivered and set free and anointed. But I'm going to tell you, there's been some people serving God for a long time that's disappointed and hurt and got bitter. And God wants to heal them and deliver them. Let them be anointed. Let them be anointed there too. You get what I'm saying? God ain't just trying to deliver addicts and demon-possessed people where they'll have authority over demons and addiction. He's trying to deliver His people, heal His people that's been serving Him, that's got off a little bit. That way they can be anointed. That way they can deal, that way they can deal with a religious person or a judgmental or a critical person with mercy. And with and the power of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people that's got stuck in old religious rigid, rigid systems. I'm going to tell you something. they God's people. And He loves them. He loves the religious as well as he loves the lawless. He might be a little harder on, you know what I mean? But but God is absolutely, positively faithful. And he was faithful in my life. And you've got to understand, I didn't know that the cliff of the rock was going to be in prison. I go to prison, I think I'm going to escape everything. I think process is over with. I think I'm going straight from slavery to the promised land. Now, God spared me. I only had to do a handful of years. It wasn't nothing like, I mean, he spared me. He spared my health. He was gracious, but he took me, and he put, uh, well, he didn't put me in prison. put myself in prison, but he allowed it to work together for my good. And when I got there, I said, I already know can't nothing come through me without going through the blood of Jesus. So if this is an attack from the enemy, I'm going to rebuke it. I said, so God, if you put me here, and I'm going to tell you what, God will put you in a sticky place. He will. He did Joseph you get what I'm saying? You say, oh, yeah, I'll get to Joseph in a minute. But I'm going to tell you, you God will end you up in a rehab where you think don't nobody care about you. Because when you're getting delivered and when you're getting set free, a lot of times you'll go into a place of confinement. But it's for your protection. I'm telling you. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you tell me if you put me in this prison. If you tell me it was you, I'll shut up. And I'll just do it, and I'll serve you, and I'll come after you. But I need to know. And he showed me Joseph. I said, oh, God, I ain't like Joseph. I'm guilty. He said, no. He said, you're better than Joseph because you got the blood. <laughs> so no longer was I going to prison. No longer was I going to prison for the crimes I committed. Now all things were working together for the good. Now I was suffering. I'm literally, you put yourself in a bad situation, God will get you out of it. Or he'll use it to prepare you. I put myself in prison, and God used it to, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? The enemy swung and hit himself. I'm going to tell you something. I hate drugs. I hate drugs, what it does to people. I hate demons, I hate devils, and he tried to take me out. But in those areas, I'm strong where I used to be weak, in him. I said, Lord, if you'll just tell me that this is you, I'll quit. And I heard him. He said, son, this is a cliff of a rock. He said, and I got my hand over you, and I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to provide for you, and I'm going to see you into your destiny. I got good plans for you. And he told me he had a good and expected end. I think Jeremiah 29:11 was the only scripture I knew. I'm going to tell you something. You get in a sticky spot, Jeremiah 29:11, is the only scripture you need. You know what I mean? I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to give you hope and to give you a future and to give you a good and expected end. Well, hey, you don't need nothing but that one when you think, because if it ain't good, it ain't the end. You think fear comes on you, you think you're dying, you think it's over, all the hell's on you, your marriage is falling apart. No, God, he told you, he promised you it would be a good and expected end. So if it ain't good, it ain't the end. The Lord absolutely protect me and saw me through that, watched over the word. This ain't about me, it's about Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, if he can be faithful for somebody like me, because I didn't get it right, and I didn't get it right quick, and I still don't have it right. But I'm going to tell you, through all that, and even when I got out of prison, the things that prepare you and the things that are getting you ready for the army of the Lord, the things that are getting ready for his times, are the things that look like failures. One of the biggest revelations I ever had that's most effective in my life is when I broke every promise I made to God. I ain't saying break your promises. I'm just telling you you can't keep them. I promised God I wouldn't do this, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't entertain this, I wouldn't entertain that. And I'm not going to go into the details. And I told him a bunch and I meant it. And I went years without doing it. And I got out of prison and I still love the Lord, and I was coming here and I was going after it, and I found myself laying on the floor in a house in East Stanton crying because I had broke every promise that I had made and turned my back on God. after he had healed me, after he had delivered me, after he had spared me, after I knew sin ain't making a mistake. Sin is knowing what to do and not doing it. That's what the blood's for. That's what forgiveness is for. It's for those sin, that stuff that you did when you was a preacher that stuff that you did when you was a deacon, that stuff you did after you had the revelation, that's sin. And that's what the blood covers. I laid in a house in East Anderson in the floor crying because I felt so far away from God. I had made every mistake that I had made before. I had turned back from this thing that I had got delivered from. I had entertained, you know not just entertained, I had dove in and I cried out to God. And I realized I was still being chased by the very one I was pursuing. In that, in that place, I had a revelation of God's love that I could have never been at. I, I seen Jesus sitting on a couch, and I crawled up into his lap, and he held me. He held me, and every bit of it, every bit of shame, every bit of witchcraft, every open door, it melted off. And I was laying in Jesus' lap, and he whispered instructions of discipline for me. Not discipline, like a spanking. You do this, you go here, move back in with your mama, get involved in a life group. You understand what I'm saying? And I heard him, and I did what he said. And in that, and in that place, even of my failures, my worstest failures, and I've had some since then. That's where I found the God of love. Not in prison. Not a, I found the God of power right there. He set me free from all the hell. And he showed me the demons I thought was in you guys was the Holy Spirit. And it Oh, I can, see, I can see the Spirit. I can see it was the Spirit. I was discerning correctly about it being the Spirit, but it was the Holy Spirit. I was intrigued with it because it was stronger than what was in me. When I have little... I, I found a God of power. I didn't come to, I, I come to God because I was scared. And I'm going to tell you what, these people walking through these doors, they need to be hugged, they need to be helped. I'm going to tell you what, they need the power of the Lord. Because we in a time now where it, 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 we throw down our rod, if it ain't eating theirs, we in trouble because there's power in the Spirit. And if you can't walk this walk and go where we're going and where we're called without the Holy Ghost. And without the anointing and without a boldness to pray for those who are possessed, oppressed, and everything else and they're sick. I met a God of power here. And I was told about His love. I went to prison. I was self-righteous because I wanted to get out early. I didn't want to make no mistakes. And He kept me right there and loved me anyways. I got out, broke every promise I'd made, and I was a piece of I'm not gonna can't, can't cuss up here and get away with it, I can't. <laughs> but in that place I found the God of love. And I'm saying this to say this this is a this is the process. It ain't the process of when we completely surrender and we get in that place where that narrow it is a narrow place. Prison's a narrow place. That floor was a narrow place. There's a place where you're lonely, where you're broke, where you're hurt, where Jesus shows up that's narrow. It's confined. You understand what I'm saying? But the Lord's going to open us up in the fields. And here's the thing is the Lord, the, the, people think, well, if I, if I get delivered, if I start going after God now, the process is so, it's going to be so much before I go through the wilderness into the promised land. His hand's been on you. You've been in the wilderness. You're going to get to Reve- you're gonna get to Revelation. So he starts shining his truth on all that stuff. That was the process that's equipping you. Wow. You're not enlisting right now and that you're going to be equipped for the next 10 or 20 years. Right. You're going to enlist and you're going to listen to the Army of God and you're going to find out you've been being equipped. Yes. Yeah. And that's how he does his work speedily. He ain't going to take you back through a hundred more things. He's just going to give you revelation on the last thousand. I think I'm over my time, but I hadn't even gotten to more. Yeah. Preach! Thank God for recovery centers. You know, they love me. <laughs> Until rents you, you know what? That's another message. <clears throat> I want to tell you right quick, I'm just going to get to, take, can I get five, ten more minutes? Right. I'm done preaching. I'm going to prophesy. I give them a testimony. I preach. And I'm going to prof- prophesy. Right. I'm going to cover all of them. But you know what I found out when those guys asked me that? Then nobody asked me what i going to teach. I guess I, I, I guess I ain't a teacher. You know what I mean? <laughs> These notes will tell you I'm not a teacher. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I asked the Lord. Me and Dale, Stephanie. wait at them, Dale. This is my friend. That's Dale. Uh, me and Dale and Stephanie and Connie was down in Foley at, uh, what's the name of that? Potter's, Potter born, Pottery Born, big old place size of Walmart. I told them when I was walking in, I heard the Lord. I said, the Lord said, I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you something here. Show you something here. It's going to be prophetic. So I told them before we walked in, I said, you know, and I don't always do, you know, do that. More often, I'm telling off, off-color jokes. Uh, so, you know, I ain't like, the Lord to speak to me, but when he does, it's still very humbling. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I didn't feel like, you know, I just still don't feel like that I, you know, probably good enough to hear him. I mean, sometimes, but that's a lie, isn't it? <clears throat> we went to the Pottery Barn. I said, the Lord's going to show us something that's prophetic. I, like, profoundly prophetic. I said, I don't know what it's going to be, but he's going to tell us later. So we walked through the Pottery Barn. We walk all over, and I'm, and we, some aisles I'm looking, some aisles I'm not. I'm shopping. Me and Dale get to a place. We walk up beside these right here. And I said, that's it. It's a big place, probably bigger than Walmart. So that's it. I said, I don't know what it means. I said, but the Lord is going to speak to us about it. That was on midweek. That weekend was Transformation Weekend. Johnny got up here, our little friend. I wish I could do that. I'd probably fall or lose weight one. Uh, I can't preach on sin until I get down until I get down about 175, you know what I mean. <laughs> hey, it's coming though, you know what I mean? You sexual morals don't get it when I get this going Uh heavy is tough. <clears throat> like on plane rides. and A lot of people think I sag. I really don't sag. I mean, it's, I got gravities working against me. Yes. In my body type. Yes. Colony said one time, said, won't you just pull your pants up? So I went in the room. I took my shirt in. I pulled my pants up to my belly button. I come back out. She said, never mind. <laughs> 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 That's a true story. (laughs) Like a Church of God pastor. (laughs) Old school. (laughs) Old Baptist minister. Ah. That's what Daniel said. Let's get back to the Lord. Um. The Lord told me, he said, I'm going to speak to you profoundly about something. And, and I, felt, I knew it was the Lord, so I wanted to tell people. I've learned to either write it down or tell people. That way somebody can celebrate with you when it happens.
1: Because if
0: not, you hear God. If you ain't told nobody I wrote it down, nobody will believe you. Uh, <laughs> so I said, the Lord is going to show us something profound here. And we got this and then got here. And that was Transformation Weekend two or three days later. Johnny got up here, and I'm sitting in the back. And he starts talking about this, uh, about being able to pull from heaven. Been able to tap into the warehouses and the storehouses of heaven, and he's talking about getting in this place or this right here. He said, "This is earth, and this is heaven." And we got to get in this place and pull down. That's when he started talking about cremation and and people being raised from the dead and growing limbs and all that. And then, when uh, God told me to buy that, and he starts talking about pulling down from heaven, pulling down from heavens. And then he said, "And God gave me the confirmation because the lady come up." He said nothing about an hourglass, and then he put it up there. Two two days later, an arrow. Uh, hourglass on there, and it was tied into the word that I'm fixing to tell you the Lord gave me. But it was talking about having access to the rooms of heaven, having access to the things of heaven, the healing, the provision, the body parts, the things that we need. And I'm going to tell you this right here. I was talking to somebody about that oil. We talk about raising it. We talk about cremation. We talk about healings. A lot of people don't have the faith for that, but if you're really a Christian, you've got to have some faith because you believe in resurrection. I had a guy ask me, that he said, I don't know about that oil. I said, I don't either. I said, I think it's probably Right though. I said, I know what it is. I said, I know that you don't know what it is. I said, But you gotta believe it's possible. He said, I don't see how it's possible. I said, Well, you probably have a hard time with the resurrection, don't you? (laughs) Jesus was raised from the dead three days after he died. And then didn't die again and ascended to heaven. That's our faith. (laughs) So if we believe that, (laughs) that's what makes us Christian. (laughs) It's hard not to believe in the miraculous. You get what I'm saying? Uh, And then he's still alive. And and then he sent his Holy Spirit to live on the inside of us. So anybody that believes that, that can't believe in a raising of the dead or a limb growing out, may need to check their faith what they really believe. But the Lord started talking to me about the open heaven and it started reminding me of these words that we got years back about a time that's coming that we're going to be in a greater works generation and that this church is going to be a first fruit of it. And that we'll start moving in the Spirit in such a powerful way that Alabama is a chosen state, that this is a chosen place, and that we're people of double portion. And what that looked like is we're walking into our identity as sons and mature sons and daughters of God and us having access to the things of heaven. That's, you know what I mean? And starting to walk in that, not arrogantly, but just humbly, the, the, the glory of God returning to the church in a measure that we've never experienced before. That's what it started reminding me of. And, uh, and that's what he was talking about. I said, hey God, that's us. We're the people. Not the only people, but the first. That's what I believe. Right. It's not the only, but I know that we're first fruit. And, and, and I asked the Lord about that. And that's where the Lord started giving me this revelation. Well, let's fast forward to uh, me thinking through what I'm going to share here. I said, Lord, I really need a word from you, like a word. And uh, Thursday, God, he's, was it, he said he's always on time. He's, seen, he's always late for me. <laughs> So I'm like, God, give me, what are you saying? He said, I'm rising up an army. He says, and I'm going to equip them. And I'm going to do it swiftly. And my promises are still yes. That's why I was hearing the Lord. I went to sleep. And in my sleep, I see this stack of envelopes. Just a stack of envelopes about this high. And I look at them. And it's it's like a night vision. I know I'm dreaming. I'm having a vision. I know I'm asleep, I mean. I'm like, God, what are you doing? What are you showing me? And there's a stack of envelopes with no stamps on them. But they've been sent. And it puzzled me. I woke up, and I said, you know what I mean? Like, God, why would you show me a stack of envelopes with no stamps on them? Do we have that picture of that sand dollar by chance? Well... As spiritual as I am, I grabbed my phone and logged into Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say I started searching out the word about envelope stamps, but I didn't. I opened my Facebook, and you know how when you open your Facebook, it'll bring up a memory. Yeah. This right here—you can't see at the top, but it's the sands of time—and at the top it says seven years ago to the day. Wow. So it was—it was a memory on Facebook, Kent. Seven years ago, well, Lord woke me up, and I. I'm going let me track with this. And I can be careful, I'll get distracted. Um, and I still didn't tie that to the envelope. You get what I'm saying? So I go, but I go, and that's a prophecy. I got that prophecy seven years ago. I didn't get it, it had already been got, but it resonated with me. And I went down to the beach because I thought we were going to do a work down there. You get what I'm saying? And I'm saying, you know, prophesying about the sands of time. It's actually a word that was released by Bob Jones, which is a prophet that's passed away. Um, so I went back to revisit that word this morning, that morning Wednesday, Thursday morning have the envelopes, have the dream they got no stamps on them, they've been sent it's a stack of them I wake up, this is on my Facebook I know it's prophetic because it's seven years ago just had a big prophetic experience with a glory train seven years ago of the day same kind of word, like I ascended to heaven went through the Revelation 4, one door the Lord told me to look back seven years to the day seven years to the day of the day that he gave me a train this time I look back seven years to the very day I was in Homer, Alaska, and he gave me the first train. And I didn't even know it. He told me, go look. I, went to, I went to heaven, I heard the Lord. He said, go look back seven years from the day that you got this golden train. I went back and looked seven years to the day was the day that I got the first one. So when this popped up, and it will, never mind. When, when that picture popped up, I knew that it was the Lord. So I went straight and I opened up this prophecy from Bob Jones and I'm listening to Bob Jones and I'm going to just kind of tell you what it says because I was going to play it but the audio is not that great uh, for that video And and he starts to prophesy and he's saying he goes out he says he has this vision he goes out and he's on the beach and he sees all of these prophets from before Elijah and Elisha go up and they pull shoe boxes out of the sand he said and when they pull them up he opens the shoe box he said, then there's nothing in it. He said, because all the prophets, he, no, he said, no, he said, and then Paul came. Paul reached down into the sand. He pulled up a shoebox and it was empty. He said, Oh Lord, I thought it was in my time. And he thought the fullness of time was going to come. He said, All the prophets had thought that the fullness of time would come into their generation. He said, And that's what they were looking for this greater work, this manifestation, this thing that we're contending for, the thing that we're waiting on, anticipating. And all the prophets thought it would come in their generation. And the Lord told Bob, he said, I want you to reach into the sand. He said, why do I need to reach into the sand? All the prophets have done reached into the sand and pulled up empty shoeboxes. He said, I said, go ahead and pull it up. Bob Jones reached into the sand. He pulled up the shoebox. I hadn't heard this in seven or eight years. Never a significant part to me. He said, I opened the shoebox, and there was a stack of draft notices for the army of God. He said they, they were uh, what he called them. He called them draft notices, and he called them uh, draft notices. Work. <laughs> what is it when you're recruiting? You know, basically, abducted into the army of God. He said. He said it was. A, he said his shoebox was not empty, and it was full of abductions to the army of God. He said, and he told Bob. He said these. He said, and Bob said, the funny thing about these envelopes, they didn't have any stamps on them. I don't know if y'all track with me or not. I'm going to recap it for you. I had a dream, a vision of unstamped envelopes that had been sent. Bob said he had this vision. God woke me up. God woke me up told me to look at it. You know, I could put it like that. Hey, God woke me up told me to go listen to Sands of Time. You know what I mean? It was that, that real. And when I went, I opened that box. I mean, when... He opened that box. I'd never heard it before. Bob said, I pulled the envelopes out and there was abductions into the army of God. And God said it would be in this generation that they would be the leaders. And he goes to prophesy about the people that was born in the early 80s when they reached the age of maturity. Which I thought was 30 when I first heard the prophecy. But now that I'm almost 40, I realize it ain't. (laughs) Jesus may have been mature at 30. I don't know anybody else. You know what I mean? And, um... The, um... He said, and these envelopes, didn't have." They, he said, "They were being sent out, but didn't have stamp stamps on them." And he prophesies about the generation where this greatest move of God will take place. And he talks about people that were born in seventy-nine, eighty, and eighty-one. And he talks about this. Yeah, hey, there you go. He said, "He said when they get to the age of maturity." He said, "You know, not to be like genera- generation. is three different that's fathers, sons, and children." Three generations is a generation in the Bible. The, he he said not that it'll be specific to them, but that'll be the time, and we're we're all over that time. Now, I, I'm not completely mature, but I was born in '80, and if I've ever been mature, I feel like I may be walking in some level of maturity now. And so, and I believe that that word was specific to me, but he didn't so show it showed me one envelope. He showed me a stack of, them. and I believe that the Lord is handing out draft notices. Into the army of God, and I don't. And Bob Jones said there was three hundred thousand of them, but if the word is true, and it starts in Alabama, and we're key members and we're a key body, then how many of them do we get? If there's three hundred thousand of them being handed out across the, you know, across the world, I can assure you that in this room, that there's abductions into the army of God. The Lord, the, Lord wants you, the Lord wants you to crack that door. Let Him come in and deliver you. That way He can do a swift work to prepare you. Basic training to say it's not very long, right? You'll be enlisted, abducted into the army of God. And remember this, you can't ever get prideful about it either because you, got, you didn't choose it, you got drafted. If it bears witness in your spirit that you feel like that, that dance, that drama, what does, it, what does it say? It says, the power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, right? And then it said there's an army rising up to break every chain. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. He's delivering deliverers. Just like, the song, just like the song says, there's an army rising up to do what? To break every chain. I believe that we're at a time, a now time, where we can say yes to the Lord. And I don't know what the fullness of that will look like. I don't know what generation or what year or what day. But I can promise you this, that the army is rising up now. And the letters are being sent. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.